3: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
5: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
3: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Covering every angle of Sunday's slate of football, this is the Pro Football Blitz on VC, the sports betting network.
6: Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz, hour number three. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Keeping an eye on Sunday night football as they just get ready to kick off in the second half. It'll be the Pittsburgh Steelers getting the ball first on offense. Miami, of course, got it first in the first half and Built up a little bit of a lead, and Pittsburgh now had some momentum as that second quarter came to a close. They were able to get a field goal and then a touchdown late in the second half. Kenny Pickett to George Pickens. And they will start here on offense in the second half, trailing 16 to 10. As far as your in-game number, it was seven and a half in favor of Miami when we went to the break. 47 and a half as your total, and that basically remains unchanged. Miami now a nine and a half point favorite here as the first couple plays sputter for the Pittsburgh Steelers on offense. But again, 16-10 ball game just underway in the second quarter. Pittsburgh's got it at their own 25-yard line, Mike. Let's talk a little bit about football contests here in Las Vegas. And it was uh, a brutal week for the Circa Millions and Westgate Super Contest players as the consensus five went one and four. In both contests, and they're very similar selections here, in the Circa Millions, the Lions plus 7, that's a loser. The Jaguars minus 3, that's a loser. The Buccaneers minus 11, that's a loser. The 49ers plus 2.5, another loser. The lone winner, the New York Jets, catching a point in the Circa Million contest. In the Westgate Super Contest, the same four selections, the Lions, the Jaguars, the 49ers, and the Bucks but their lone winner, the Cincinnati Bengals, minus six. So a couple things to think about here. If you had a really good day in the contest, you probably really made up some ground on the field. If you had a poor day in the contest, it probably didn't hurt you
7: too bad. No, no, not at all. I mean, considering, too, uh, the first quarter, the standings, and how well everybody, or the top, the quarterly winners, certainly. Uh, and then we found out about how fast everybody got out the gate uh, in the second quarter, too, I think there were 69 entries that went 5-0. and I think that's correct, uh, <laughs> yes. So, I, I don't know what it's going to turn out to be, obviously, after this this week. But I, I think people did make up some ground. Uh, you're trying to avoid the 1-4 and four situation, especially in this contest. So, I, either contest. Uh, but I, I think that's going to be a case for a lot of people since that was the consensus this week.
6: Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, because those were the most popular mm-hmm. picks, you're going to have a lot of people that had a bad week this mm-hmm. week. So, Either you kind of held serve with those people, and you had a bad week yourself, or you really made up some ground if you had a good week in circa million or the Westgate Super Contest. Let's also take a look at Circus Survivor. Uh, a couple games here let uh, yet to go to completion here. One being the Miami Dolphins, twenty-seven entries on the Miami Dolphins to get this one in the win column and advance onto Week Eight in Circus Survivor. And then of course you have the Patriots. That is the most popular selection. In Circa Survivor, 175 people betting that the Patriots can win outright. Uh, Don't have to cover the spread, of course, in Survivor. Just win the ballgame over the Chicago Bears. Uh, The second most popular pick in Circa Survivor was the Raiders. 84 people advance with the Las Vegas victory over Houston. Six entries advanced with the Dallas Cowboys and their win over Detroit. But 70 people, Mike, it, feel, it felt like a layup, didn't it? The it Tampa did. Bay Buccaneers <laughs> in the uh, contest. Of course, you go back to Circa Million and uh, Westgate Super Contest. They were 11-point favorites in those contests. Of course, in the live market, it went all the way to 13 when the Panthers traded away Christian McCaffrey. What did they possibly have in the tank? Boy, what does Tampa Bay have in the tank? 21-3, to three, the final. The Panthers absolutely thumped Tampa Bay and thumped 70 entries out of Circa Survivor in the process.
7: Well, you remember uh, Derek Stevens on the program yesterday uh, in terms of their big reveal for the consensus with Survivor did reveal that there was a number of entries with multiple entries still. Yes. So, I you know, it's fascinating that Tampa Bay has been used um, a number of times, I believe. And so you think about the Vikings being used up. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm thinking about the holiday schedule, mm-hmm. right? Uh, And so if you have multiple entries and you've used one of those entries on the holidays portion, but yet you still have multiple entries left, you can still use, right? um, Or other people could use it, depending on how you have your entries, I I guess. Like if you have it spread out with family members or like if. Well, you can just do it yourself. You're you're allowed to buy
6: up to six. Yeah. Which is. Yeah.
7: So, I mean, it's this is this thing is fascinating to me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, in terms of what's going to go you're, down, you're itching to play next year, are I'm you? definitely going to play next year. You are, yes, yes, I am. I am all in next year for sure. I mean, um, I, I selected Tampa this week in our fict- yeah. fictitious one, and uh, <laughs> I'm eliminated. From yeah. between you and I, but well, I, I thought you, that I was a layup. I think we've
6: both been eliminated twice now. No, no, <laughs> that's actually your first loss. My first loss. Again, this is the Saturday edition <laughs> uh, of our uh, little fictitious contest that yeah. we do here, and we play it according to Circa Survivor and according to uh, Circa Million and Westgate Super Contest, what have you. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm on the Patriots, so I'm still undecided, mm-hmm. but you, you went down this week with Tampa Bay.
7: I, I thought that was a layup. Yeah. I think about that, and so do 70 other people, though, for real. Uh, and then there was two people that did not even put in their selections, which, oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe that happened there. Um, but, no, each and every week this thing gets more and more intriguing, uh, more and more fantastic to, to watch and witness, though.
6: Well, coming into uh, Sunday's slate of NFL action, we had 380 entries that were alive in Circa Survivor. There was one entry on the Ravens. That entry advances. You had two people that took the Cardinals on Thursday night, they are good to go. They move on to Week 8. Five entries were on the Jaguars. They go by the wayside. Five entries on the Chargers. They go by the wayside. Uh, five entries on the Bengals. That is good to go. And then we mentioned the top five, uh, Cowboys, Dolphins, Bucks, Raiders, and Patriots. So uh, by my count, that would bring us to an even 300 people
7: left in Circus Survivor heading into Week 8. Incredible. Incredible incredible um and derek stevens seems to think that it we are going to get to the christmas mm-hmm. uh, schedule part of it too so because there's some savvy people out there uh and that's what we have to keep in mind uh whether they have multiple entries or whether they've been doing uh very very well so far in survivor contests but uh there there's some savvy uh people participating in this one so uh, hold on to your hat. So, I mean, this, uh, we could be down to some small, small numbers, and we'll see each and every week how how the, uh, the contestants play uh, their selections. But I, it's going to be fantastic uh, either way uh, you look at it. Holiday schedule upon us, too, coming up soon. Uh, the first one being Thanksgiving, though.
6: Almost 96% of the field oh. now out. <laughs> and we right. aren't even halfway through the season. We had that graphic on the Saturday Pro Football Blitz uh, the, the rise and fall and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the elevation graph there, if you will, on where it has gone every year, circus Survivor, starting in 2020. And it was 75% at this point in the season, I should say through six weeks, not through seven, uh, but through six weeks, 75% of the field had been eliminated in circus Survivor in 2020. In 2021, it was just a little over 45%, mm-hmm. about 45.5%. And now here we are in 2022. 94 percent of the field already eliminated through the first six weeks, and now that goes a tick up, almost to 96 percent through the first seven weeks.
7: Yeah, I mean you have realistic uh, 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 opportunities here, or or situations in which New York Jets might be a big play. Yeah. Um, because there's so much. Okay, is it dysfunction or is it parity? Uh, I don't know if that's defined itself yet, um, but there's only really three elite teams uh, that you can say there's a layup with. Like, you know, thinking that Tampa was a layup against a dysfunctional organization right now, Carolina, nope. (laughs) I mean, Tampa might be right there with them, to be honest with you, without Tom Brady, right? Um, But you got the Giants and the Jets that are surprising this year. Um, Oh, man. This is going to get tougher and tougher each and every week.
6: Well, let's do a pro tip here. Let's take a minute to do a pro tip. We failed to do one at the end of the last hour, so we'll do it now. Again, if you're not familiar, you can go to VEASAN.com slash pro tips. They're available to VEASAN Pro subscribers only. We go through them on every show, every hour, should be roughly 20 a day across all VEASAN shows, and you can really get some good information when you follow this type of thing. But I think whether you're playing the Circa Millions, the Westgate Super Contest, or Circa Survivor, I think it's very beneficial in your handicap to identify bad teams. Mm. I remember the year we won it. I believe it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that year. Mm -hmm. were an awful team. And I want to say I bet against them four or five times. And it's not going to always work. We talked about it with the Atlanta Falcons being so successful against the number. The market will correct, but... If you can identify bad teams maybe prior to the market or prior to that correction, you can probably buy yourself a couple of good two or three weeks in the contest. Right now, the Green Bay Packers look like a pretty bad football team. Mm -hmm. The Chicago Bears look like a bad football team. Um, You know, a lot of people were betting against the New York Giants today. They don't look so bad. The Seattle Seahawks, we didn't expect this out of them. Are the Chargers possibly a bad football team? Yes, (laughs) Are the Washington Commanders improving? So, you know, I I think if you can really, you know, sniff out a team that is underperforming the point spread, expectations, what have you, and you're able to latch on to that a week or two before everybody else
7: does, you might be able to uh, earn yourself a couple of wins before the correction. I totally agree with you on that. You know, what's interesting, too, not only betting against bad teams is uh, teams that might not realize that they're bad. Like I think that's part of it. You mentioned the Packers. Right. They Absolutely. don't realize that they're bad. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, his comments today um, suggesting that, okay, we're not going to panic or everything like that. Long season. Up. You, you guys stink right now. How about Tampa Bay? Are they a bad football team? They probably don't know that they're a bad team. They've lost four out of their last five games. Right. So to distinguish that or to make it even more of an emphasis, identify a bad team, but then also look at the comments from the players and coaches. Do they realize they're a bad team?
6: All right, back to the recaps for what was on this Sunday in Week 7. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
4: is the pro football blitz on the sports betting network
0: welcome back
6: this segment of the Pro Football Blitz is presented by Zyn Nicotine Pouches. Zyn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zyn understands that there isn't just one right time to make a change. Everybody's timeline's a little different. Everybody's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you are ready to take that first step towards change, Zyn will be there for you. Check out Zyn Nicotine Pouches at zyn.com. That is Z-Y-N. Com. Mike, the uh, Denver, excuse me, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins went for it on fourth down and the Steelers turned them over on downs and Pittsburgh is back on offense right now. And this is the lowest in-game spread we've seen of the night. The Dolphins now under a touchdown laying six and a half in the live market. Your total crashes back down to 43 and a half. The totals really bounced around quite a bit. Uh, but right now, the Steelers currently on offense. We've got an injury timeout. They are trailing 16 to 10 with less than eight minutes left to go in the third quarter. This was a good ball game. Let's talk about the Browns at the Ravens. It was Nick Chubb culminating an 11-play, six and a half-minute drive with a two-yard touchdown run to get Cleveland on the board, seven to nothing Browns. And then the Ravens countered with a Justin Tucker field goal, and it was seven to three in favor of the of the Cleveland <laughs> of the Cleveland Browns. Um, and then it was a 10-6 ball game with less than two minutes in the first half, and it was Gus Edwards, the running back, who was just activated for this game this week. He gets in the end zone for Baltimore, and the Ravens take a 13 to 10 lead. Baltimore strip sack Jacoby Brissett to begin the second half. They were in the red zone 13 10 to begin the third quarter, and that turned into another Gus Edwards one yard plunge. And now it was 20 10 Ravens. Early third quarter, it looked like they were starting to pull away. Ravens backers laying the six and a half were looking pretty good. Then field goals exchanged, and it was 23 13 Baltimore with 11 and a half minutes left in regulation. And then you wonder were they going to be able to hold a double digit lead in the fourth quarter again? A big drive by Nick Chubb. It was all Nick Chubb on this drive for the Cleveland Browns offense. Just a rushing machine, but it ended up in a Kareem Hunt two-yard touchdown plunge, and the Browns were back in this game 23-20 with nine minutes to go. Cleveland had a chance to tie it up with a late field goal by Cade York, but his 60-yard attempt was blocked, and the Baltimore Ravens hold on for the Fourth time this season, nearly the fourth time, they were going to blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. It did not happen this time. They win it 23-20. to 20. The Ravens win, but the Browns get the cash, and the game stays under the total. I thought that was a good, not only a division win for the Ravens, mm-hmm. but good for them psychologically to not blow that lead once again.
7: Yeah, I agree with you on that, too. I mean, a win is a win, right? Um, but I, I, I wonder if, if we're seeing a regression from Lamar Jackson a little bit. Uh, trying to account for so much and uh, the fact that they're trying to hide that they don't have the running game like they normally have. Uh, This is the first year in which the Ravens don't have that running game uh, like they they want it to be, right? Even last year with the injuries, uh, they still had that threat. I think it was more Lamar, but then when he got hurt, obviously they fell off. Uh, But I haven't seen it get back to that high level uh, maybe you know there's been spurts uh, in terms of what the Ravens wants to do, but uh, and now you got Lamar Jackson as a pocket passer, um, but he's also not mechanically sound at times, uh, you know. And, and okay, some uh, errant throws and missed opportunities too. So, uh, with with that in mind, uh, in an aging defense, I, I think also some confusion. And you got a new defensive coordinator; it's just not the same. Uh, yeah, they're they're prone. They're they they are they are vulnerable. Uh, in terms of being that team to relinquish leads in the fourth quarter and not be able to generate enough points to win games in the fourth quarter. That's what the Baltimore Ravens feel like right now. And, you know, looking at the Browns, we talked about it yesterday. I love the number that you could catch with the Browns there on the road uh, just because they're taking that running game, that package of running plays, even with injuries on the offensive front. uh, They were still pretty potent. Uh, today Now, Brissette can cost you a game, <laughs> but uh, they did not allow that to happen in terms of getting inside the numbers. So that, that was great for people that backed the Browns today.
6: You know, I thought it was kind of interesting. It was certainly a big boost to get Gus Edwards back today with two touchdowns for the Baltimore Ravens. And you talk about that running game that doesn't mm-hmm. look like they certainly want it to look like, where it's not just Lamar, but he's got other pieces that can really slash and gash. And Edwards, you know, did a nice job today. But where was Kenyon Drake? You know, he right. he was a big part of that offense last week. Uh, and I expected to see him again for a little bit of a one-two punch with Edwards. I didn't know if he was banged up. I didn't see him on an injury report. But he, he he didn't appear to me. I'd have to look at the stats. He didn't appear to be a big part of that rushing game for Baltimore at all today.
7: Yeah, you know, he's not that typical first and second down between the tackles running back. You right, know, he's, sure. He's more of a gadget guy or a... Uh, a receiving type of running back, or or if you created light boxes, like you only have a, a four down lineman, maybe one linebacker situation. Okay, Kenny and Drake running the ball is okay, but uh, Edwards would be the power guy or the the, the typical running back. Uh, and he was decent, but then you got Lamar Jackson that was right behind him, though, with 10 carries and 59 yards. They even had him as an I back today. Uh, <laughs> so trying to get creative and, and getting the ball or keeping the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, but that's the Ravens, though. They they have to keep the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. He is better than anybody he throws the ball to, and he's better than anybody he hands the ball off to. So it's like, how do you make that work, and how do you make that work and maintain it for 17 games? I mean, that guy's going to wear down. Well,
6: now I know why I didn't see Kenyon Drake. He did have 11 carries, but for only five yards. Right, he right. He was basically nonexistent. Mm-hmm. No,
7: he's not, he's not a uh you know like you see a Nick Chubb out there or a Cream Hunt running the football i mean he's he's more of that okay what do we have in the box can we get to Kenyon Ken Drake uh can we get to him in the passing game do we have a mismatch out there with Kenyon Drake i mean that's where he's at uh right now in his career had a big week last week mm-hmm.
6: uh in a win over the Cincinnati Bengals but uh really not much to show for today but in the, in the end a good win for the Baltimore Ravens who maintain pace with the Cincinnati Bengals at four and three atop the AFC North next up. Both of these teams are in prime time next week. Mike, we talked about the Cincinnati Bengals will be on the road at Cleveland. They will face this same Cleveland team that lost to the Baltimore Ravens today. Uh, it will be Monday night football in Cleveland in the battle of Ohio. And right now, Cincinnati, a three point favorite. Hmm. Uh, Does that maybe seem a little short to you off of what we saw today? Uh, It looks like the Bengal offense is starting to click. And again, that was against a relatively poor defense in the Atlanta Falcons. We know Cincinnati has a pretty darn good defense. I I think it's kind of a defense that's under the radar that people don't realize it's as good as they are. And I think we've known for a while the Cleveland defense is not very good
7: at all. Yeah, the Cleveland defense is not very good. I mean, I agree with you. I think the Bengals and and what they are starting to become, it might seem like it's short. Uh, You know, they do have some injuries on the defense side of the ball. And, uh, you know, from a running game standpoint, uh, the matchup today for Cincinnati, understanding what Atlanta wanted to do with Marcus Mariota running the ball too, they already know that because they play Lamar Jackson in Baltimore twice uh, every year. So, again, going back to the game planning, Going up against Cleveland, Cincinnati is going to know them, and and from a game planning standpoint, they're going to have a solid plan. And if you start to believe in the Bengals defense, then I think that's the side to play. Obviously, right? Uh, it's three points. Uh, it's not really on the road. <laughs> I mean, they say it's on the road, but it's really not, right? I mean, it's right down the road. I think. Well, you know,
6: what's uh, interesting. You know, it, I I think the price does seem a little bit short at first glance, mm-hmm. but. A division game right. Monday night home right. dog. The situation certainly favors the Browns,
7: and it does. It does. I I think they're limited though with Brissett. Um, it's like they're trying to trust him with more, but he can't deliver. Uh, and now you do have a high-powered offense and uh, Joe Woods. Uh, the the Cleveland Browns front is okay. Their secondary. I want to go out there and play against that secondary uh, <laughs> with Cleveland yeah, no Browns. So. Uh, I I know the receiving core and Joe Burrow coming off the performance that they had today against Atlanta is going to be ready uh, and and tuned up for this one against Cleveland uh, in that secondary.
6: Well, here's another game. The other primetime game we will start off week eight in Tampa Bay. This one just all of a sudden got a lot more intriguing with Tampa Bay having lost four out of their last five, including today's embarrassment scoring just three points against the Carolina Panthers. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Tampa Bay on Thursday night next week. I'm seeing one pick them in the market, but the consensus number is the Ravens as a road favorite by a point and a half. When did we think Baltimore was going to go on the road at Tampa Bay and be favored, right? <laughs> I mean, right. does that
7: tell you a lot about what's happened to Tampa Bay in the last few weeks? It tells you a lot, a ton. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, Brady was under pressure today, and you know I, I don't know if his offensive line is trying to do him any favors right now. Anyway, uh, Mike Evans dropping passes. It's like the focus is gone from this football team.
6: Uh, it's uh, it's something to watch, and it's very mm-hmm. you know it, it goes along with the other surprises, the positive surprises we've seen in Seattle and the New York Giants, the New York Jets. It, it's a very negative surprise. Yep. We did not expect. I mean, Tampa Bay was minus 300 to win this division. They are currently tied at 3-4 with the Atlanta Falcons atop the division right now. We'll come back with more in just a moment, right here on the Pro Football Blitz.
1: This is the Pro Football Blitz on v the sports betting network.
6: VCN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you haven't subscribed yet, VSIN has a midseason offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $99 and get VCN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You'll get everything VCN has to offer, including our 24-7 live shows, subscriber-only betting guides to College Bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You'll also get VCN subscriber-only prep guides to the NHL, the NBA, and the World Cup. It's the best bet in the game. $99 for VEASAN Pro now through the Super Bowl. You can sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Allen injury timeout, an injured Dolphin player there. They're escorting him off the field currently under the help of the training staff there in South Beach. Miami currently leading... The Pittsburgh Steelers 16-10, to under four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Pittsburgh currently with the ball on offense, facing a third and 16. And the Miami Dolphins remain a six-and-a-half point favorite in the live market. That has been the low watermark for the evening in terms of the Miami point spread and also a low watermark for the total, now currently in the live market at 38-and-a-half. Uh, Mike, we were talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They will host the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night football next week, and let's talk about what they did earlier today or or maybe what they did (laughs) not do in visiting the Carolina Panthers as 13-point road favorites. This was a 0-0 game until just 34 seconds left in the first half, and then it was P.J. to D.J. P.J. Walker found D.J. Moore for a 20-yard touchdown, and the Carolina Panthers were... Went up seven to nothing. Then under four minutes to go in the third quarter, Dante Foreman rushes for 60 yards and into Tampa Territory. And then Chuba Hubbard caps it off with a 17-yard run, and it was 14 to nothing. Panthers pitching a shutout on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. You had to just wonder what in the heck was going on. Nine and a half minutes left, and PJ Walker finds Tommy Tremble for a 29-yard touchdown. Panthers go up 21 to 3. And that's how it ended. The Panthers pull off a massive upset, 21-3-year to final. Game stays under the total. For the second week in a row, the Buccaneers lose outright as double-digit favorites. Absolutely unbelievable. They were shut out, Mike, for over three quarters of football and could only muster a field goal. We talked about this in the Saturday edition of the Pro Football Blitz. You removed that Kansas City game when they scored 31 points. In every other game this season, their offense is averaging 18 points. Well, that number just
7: went down, mm-hmm. only putting three on the board today. And they're still throwing it a lot. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Tom Brady. Brady threw it over 50 times. Exactly. Didn't he? Exactly. I mean, we talked about this uh, yesterday in terms of uh, uh, Tampa, Tom being predictable. The thing about being predictable last year when you skew it almost 70% pass, 30% run, is when you have Gronk and when you have Mike Evans and, and certainly. Uh, when you're clicking like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were last year, you can overlook that. Well, until you get into a game in the playoffs in which, okay, you need to run the football, and they Mm -hmm. couldn't do it against the Rams. The only reason why they were back in that game is because the Rams turned the ball over. Yep. Uh, So eventually that's going to catch up to Tom Brady and a bunch uh, out there in Tampa. But it's caught up to them earlier now this year because they continue to do what they've always done. And now the league knows that. And so – I don't know where they go from here. They can't run the football. No. Uh, it, it looks like they've lost focus too. Earlier in that game, Mike Evans had a touchdown. Oh he yeah, dropped. Um, it's like you're not practicing, right? You get all these vet days and times off. And uh, Todd Bowles as a head coach, he's not. He's not motivating these guys to get out there and get better. So. Um, Tom, Tom Brady threw it 49 times. 49 times. Incredible. You're skewing it. You're still skewing it. Um, and he wasn't that awful. 32 of 49. He was missing some guys, though. I mean, Yeah. Some I'm guys, just saying, and, looking yeah, at the numbers. Right. Some chance to make some plays, though. He was missing some throws. But I, I'm looking at the coach and the, um, I guess, the facilitator of Tom Brady act actually uh, getting away and, and saying we're not treating anybody differently than anybody else. Yes, you are. Uh, And the team knows that. And so now your team doesn't have focus. Now what do you do, Todd Bowles, as a head coach? Your defense. Once upon a time. What happened to the defense? Once upon a time, your defense was pretty good. But now you're a head coach and you're distracted. Because you're getting asked about Tom Brady. You're getting asked about all these other questions. And and you're not a defensive coordinator. Now you're the head coach. So how do you handle all that? And uh, nobody's handling anything the right way so far in Tampa. And it shows. What, three and four? ATS so far this year and and not getting better, not finding three and four straight up, straight up. Yeah. So not not finding uh, any any semblance of of improvement uh, in terms of, okay, let's see if we can bet on this football team moving forward.
6: Well, I, I think they just might be a bet against. Um, now you have the Ravens as a road favorite on Thursday night mm-hmm. uh, coming up in week eight. Uh, do you run to the window and, and bet a road favorite? It, it, it's probably difficult to do, but um, boy, the Ravens certainly look like a superior team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. You talked about a lack of a running game, Mike. I, right. I'm just doing a quick add up here. It's less than 50 yards that they gained oh. on the ground. Leonard Fournette had eight carries for 19 yards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two
7: and five ATS, by the way. But, um, yeah, so the Ravens are an aging roster defensively. So right. are the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They're an aging roster all over the place, <laughs> not just defensively. I mean, offensively, too. So a get-better league, we're seeing parity, I think, but we're also seeing the signs of, uh, of this is a young man's game, right? Uh, bigger, stronger, faster athletes out there, not beat-up athletes, not, not seasoned or over athletes, dried-up, if you will. Uh, And I I think you have that on both sides uh, of the Ravens and and certainly both sides of, of what Tampa Bay is right now. Well,
6: what do you say about the Carolina Panthers? You and I were just puzzled how this team would really have any sort of focus coming Mm -hmm. into this game with, you know, the organization, uh, letting everybody know that we're, we're getting rid of our stars and uh, you know, who's going to be next. That's uh, you know, going to be dealt and, and what have you. And, And then they came with a pretty darn focused effort. You know, I don't think it was only Tampa Bay being awful. Obviously, the Carolina defense, who's been pretty decent for most of the season, they really started to give up some points in their last three games. I think it was the last three games they were averaging giving up 29 points per game, but they absolutely showed up today and put a stop to Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense. But How do you explain? It's amazing to me how this team was able to get up mentally and focus for this contest.
7: Well, it's about being professional. Uh, It's about um, the head coach sending a message. Hey, we don't know where we're going to be next year. And nor do Um, I. um, Nor do I. (laughs) I, Let's just be real here in the locker room. Every man's for himself. But to me, it wasn't collective. Like, I I still don't see a team. I mean, I saw people celebrating and all that. But I I think from a business standpoint, you don't want to put out bad tape. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, you, you got people trying hard, uh, against a team that doesn't have focus. Yeah. Uh, And that's how I sum it up. I mean, I, I think Carolina,
6: maybe, maybe, you know, it's interesting. You and I were talking about how can Carolina possibly be focused on the task at hand?
7: Mm -hmm. They might've been the more focused team today because their jobs are at stake, right? I mean, I think their futures are still, uh, at stake. A lot of players on Tampa got paid, um, uh, there's players that still are going to get paid. And uh, I think when when Tom Brady is where he's at off the field, obviously he's distracted from on the field. He hasn't even really been around the team. I don't even think he's a fabric of this team right now. Um, and so mentally, I don't know where that focus is going to come from. It's not going to come from Coach Bowles. Uh, I mean, he's a great, great defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. but as a head coach, I mean, go back to when he was a Jets head coach. I I think there was some uh, talk about dysfunction up there a little bit, but uh, yeah, I think if you are soft that way and not treating everybody the same in the locker room, players are going to understand that, Uh, and and so that's the dynamic there for Tampa. Now on the other side with Carolina, give them credit. I, I think you'll get that spirited effort or that business decision type of effort each and every week now.
6: Well, that's that what team. I was just going to ask. Will, will you next week? Um, you know, after, after what they pulled off mm-hmm. today, uh, they, they circle the wagons, they rally the troops, whatever you want to call it, and, and they put together this incredible uh, upset. Will they be able to do that again? Uh, you know, these people are human beings, and, and it's pretty obvious what's going on with this organization. They're catching six points at Atlanta. Atlanta, of course, coming off of a loss. My first reaction, just because of the situation, would be to bet the Falcons.
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Falcons are a team, though, and and right, right, and and, 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 and I in think reality place. sets in for Carolina. <laughs> right, and you they're know, in they, first place, so yeah, yeah, and in the division, and and I think the Falcons they've got opportunity. They almost beat Tampa, and so yeah, I I think from a goal-oriented standpoint, then I mean, there's certain uh, reasons to back, um, Atlanta, whereas Carolina. You know, take a look at during the week. Are guys honed in practicing for each other, or uh, you know, are guys taking time off? And you know, v- the thing about a business decision—I've been a part of this. My final year in, in Atlanta, uh, knowing that things were going wrong, and probably there's going to be major changes at the end of the year, you start to say, "Look, I got to get my stats up. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta increase my profile. I, I gotta, I gotta be available, or or certainly." be viable for other teams as a free agent i mean that's what's taking place in carolina right now
6: very good those are both intriguing matchups with the tampa bay buccaneers and the carolina panthers next week after what happened today we take a look at the packers and the commanders next
4: This is the Pro Football Blitz
0: on...
6: Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet, plus get Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game well not a really new game here in south beach the miami dolphins hosting the pittsburgh steelers and not a whole lot of change here as it remains 16 to 10 The live total all the way down to 35-and-a-half now. That is the low-water mark of the game. And here's some change for you. Miami now just a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market as they operate on third and long from their own 30-yard line, and that is going to come up short. The Pittsburgh Steelers with good defense there to force Miami into a punting situation. Looks like it'll be about fourth and four or fourth and five. And with less than 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter now, Pittsburgh will have a chance to get the ball back and take the lead with a touchdown. Uh, the Steelers have really shown up, and it started in the second quarter, Mike.
7: Yeah, I mean, note to self, real quick, uh, on a player prop, um, when you bet receiving yards over yeah. or running back, make sure that he can catch. <laughs> that, that's probably helpful, right? Edmonds has had a couple of opportunities to go over 11 and a half yards, but he can't catch it. And you're right, I mean, I, Forcing third down in situations, and you're also seeing Tua hold the ball a little bit longer in the pocket, and that's again that's when it gets dicey uh, for him when he cannot hit that back foot and throw the football when he doesn't have an outlet. Does he when he, when he doesn't have anywhere to go? I mean, uh, he's a slower running quarterback, but buying time out the pocket and and, and trying to throw the ball accurately has been a challenge. Uh, now, can Pittsburgh get anything going though, Brady? I, I mean. Uh, they can move the ball. We saw that. But situational football uh, has really held this team back. I mean, Najee Harris on a short yardage situation, jumping uh, into the line of scrimmage, uh, just, that just frustrates you. Uh, but, you know, they have some plays out there. They have, certainly have the players. And now they have the opportunity uh, in their own territory here on this drive uh, about, what, 11.53 left in this game.
6: Yeah, just under 12 minutes left to go, and Tua we thought, possibly maybe under his passing yards. We really didn't have a great opinion there on mm-hmm. his prop bet. He's already over 250 yards, 252 passing yards for Tua Tangavailoa. Raheem Mostert uh, nearing his rushing yard total. That was 66.5. He's got 11 carries for 53 yards. Chase Edmonds. Only needs another yard to go over his <laughs> rushing total. And that, that was the one I certainly liked the best. Edmonds over 17 and a half yards. Right now he's mm-hmm. got seven carries for 17 yards. Najee Harris is already over his rushing total. Uh, he was trying to lose yardage on that last <laughs> one, like you say there, Mike. Uh, his total was 44 and a half, and Najee Harris already has 50 yards on 13 carries. We also thought Kenny Pickett might get over his passing yards total. And there is a lot of game left. He's got 142 yards passing right now, 20-24. to A very good stat line there with just four incomplete passes. He does have a touchdown and one interception, uh, but is going to need about another 90 yards passing here in the final 11 minutes or so if he's going to go over on that prop. Uh, Again, 16-10 right now in favor of the Dolphins, and the Steelers are back on offense at about their own 30-yard line. Uh, let's talk about the Packers and the Commanders. Uh, early on in this game, it was Aaron to Aaron. Aaron Rodgers got things started with a four-yard touchdown pass to Aaron Jones, and it was seven-nothing Packers. The Commanders responded with a field goal seven to three in favor of Green Bay. And then early second quarter, Taylor Heineke throws a pick six. Devondre Campbell returns at 63 yards for the score, and it was 14 to 3 Packers. And I was just starting to think, okay what you like the packers in this game mm-hmm. i kind of liked washington and i'm like okay it looks like the packers have their act together here we go Antonio Gibson responds with a nine yard touchdown catch from Heineke, 14 to 10, Packers with seven minutes left in the half. And that is really when the tide started to turn. Early third quarter, Taylor Heineke finds Terry McLaurin for the 37 yard score, and Washington had their first lead of the day, 17 14. Commanders added a field goal, and they were now leading 20 to 14 early in the fourth quarter, and then 23 to 14 late in the fourth quarter. Green Bay scored with three and a half minutes left, but it was too little too late. Commanders pretty much just ran out the clock from there. 23-21 was your final. The Green Bay Packers have lost three in a row. Washington has won two in a row. They win outright as four-point dogs, and the game goes over the total.
7: Yeah, you know, this game um, was frustrating on a lot of levels because Green Bay, with the the start that they had, and uh, you look at the Commanders and... Like, I never thought the quarterback situation was something that was the issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Heineke went – it really doesn't matter. I mean, we still saw uh, a Washington offense kind of functional. Um, Green Bay's defense, I I think they have issues with toughness uh, and discipline. Uh, That's frustration uh, when that's happening right there. But it was a misfortune opportunity. They called a a legal contact or something on a scoop and score uh, after a fumble. Which, okay, that can make you lose your mind Mm -hmm. out there in the game, but you got to maintain your composure. You got to still go out there and play. And uh, you can see some frustration and some penalties uh, even after that situation right there. But, you know, for this team that is seemingly tinkering with a formula and how to make and elevate the younger players that keep catch up to the standard, whatever they're doing is not working, right? Um, They just seem it out of sync. They just seem like they're not on the same page. And uh, I know with the comments of Aaron Rodgers, maybe reassuring the people. But this is one of those teams that's playing poorly, but they don't realize that they're playing poorly. They figure that eventually they'll fix it.
6: Yeah, the the Rodgers attitude seems like, don't worry, we we can flip a switch, mm. like like it's gonna mm-hmm. change that quickly. Rodgers, by the way, 22 of 34 for just 179 yards passing. He did have a couple of touchdowns, lost a fumble. Taylor Heinecke, 20 of 33 for 200 yards. He did have an interception and also two touchdown passes as well. Uh, The Packers are up at the Bills in uh, western New York. The Packers visiting the Buffalo Bills in week eight, and that will be a very difficult task. We talked about the commanders visiting the Indianapolis Colts. That'll be an interesting game as well. The Colts off of that loss to Tennessee. The Commanders have now won two in a row. The Colts are an early favorite in that game. This line coming out just earlier today, and Indianapolis at home is uh, laying, I believe it was two and a half points here. No, all the way to four, three and a half or four in favor of the Colts as they host the Washington Commanders and the Sunday night football game next week. You and I will be here in studio at Circa for this one to watch this one, the Green Bay Packers against the Buffalo Bills. And again, this one taking place in Buffalo. What do you, knowing what we, we have talked about on this show, identifying mm-hmm. bad teams, what the Packers are going through, you talk about maybe three or four dominant teams in the NFL. Buffalo certainly one of them. What do you think the point spread is, Buffalo hosting <laughs> Green Bay? uh seven ten and a half <laughs> okay there you go double okay. digits yeah. i mean i know i i want to see what this line came out let me see if it's posted here i i don't know if that is accurate i want to see what the summertime line oh, was okay. in this game i'm showing eight on my screen i have a feeling it's less than that um yeah. when they first come out with these lines when the schedule comes out back in may or june I'm guessing that Buffalo, maybe maybe you were right as a 7, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even 6.5, but now almost double that. Uh, I, I am seeing as high as 11.5 here at Circa in favor of the Buffalo Bills. Just an incredible number, and also incredible what we're seeing with the Green Bay Packers right now having lost three straight.
7: Well, remember, Buffalo shut down or, or slowed down Kansas City uh, on the road, and Buffalo is not even completely healthy defensively. Uh, now they're going to be at home off a of bye, uh, against an offense that's struggling. So I, double digits. I'm I'm not fond of double digits. You know, I, I tried to lay double digits last year. It burned me and it was with Buffalo uh, a couple of times. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from that for for now. Uh, but no, I mean Buffalo is every bit the part. And did they lose momentum? Because you brought this up. Like you go with momentum into the bye. Do you lose that? Uh, I will say and suggest this, though. When you're on a mission like Buffalo is, after the loss that they had in the playoffs last year and feeling like you could have got to the Super Bowl, uh, I don't know how you lose momentum. I don't know if uh, the leaders on that team will allow you to lose momentum. I, I think there's going to be some people that's going to understand how to handle a bye week. Von Miller, in particular, one, uh, Josh Allen, another. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting them to lose momentum. A little rusty, maybe, but. Uh, Yeah, I I stay away from the double digits early lines that way, though. Third and three, and Tua Tangovaloa goes long trying to find Tyreek
6: Hill defended well by the Steelers. So Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers will get the ball back once again. Just over eight minutes left to go in the final quarter here. Pittsburgh still trailing 10-16, 16 16 in favor of the Miami Dolphins. The Packers and the Bills, by the way, the summertime line, when these did come out back in May – You said seven. The current line is in the neighborhood of 11. Back in the summertime when this first came out, the Bills were favored by four points. (laughs) Oh, how things have changed. All right, we come back and we take a look at the Jets and the Broncos as we get into the final hour of the Pro Football Blitz.